lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Hi there. Uh, this is Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, uh, Lloyd Russell. Uh, and today, uh, we've got Jack Rasmussen, uh, who has written a book called Fine Dining, The Secrets Behind the Restaurant Industry. Uh, this is something that we've never had before, so I, this should be very fascinating. Uh, welcome, Jack. Thank you. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is, uh, or ask you, is have you heard the expression, I've got clothes older than you? Yes, I have. Okay, that doesn't apply to me. I have clothes twice as old as you. <laughs> you look great, though. I, I couldn't tell. I oh, couldn't nice tell. one. Okay, <laughs> this is going to go well. I can see that. Uh, all right. Um, how does it feel, first of all, to be interviewed in your hometown? It feels amazing. I'm, I'm not here often because I went to USC and graduated, and so I'm, I'm usually in L.A., and I love traveling, so... I actually just came back from Miami and I was in New York. So uh, it feels it feels amazing. I love Los Gatos, uh, born and raised here, same house for 21 years. So every time I come back here, it feels amazing. So uh, thank you for interviewing me. I appreciate it. Well, it's a funny it's a, it's a funny geographical situation because um, there is a publicist's a publicist's aide uh, that I know very well because she's a book blogger and I am too and we do a lot of exchanging and she's on the east coast mm -hmm. she's the one that told me about you <laughs> <laughs> and here we both are in Los Gatos so yeah that's wild yeah it really is it's a small world for sure always uh, okay let's uh, let's find out a little bit about yourself mm -hmm. um, tell us um, what sent you to the south what you're doing down there, mm -hmm. uh, then we'll get into the book. Okay, yeah, so I went to Archbishop Midi High School, which is a private Catholic high school in San Jose. I would have gone to Lee High School uh, right here, but so I graduated there and I knew I wanted to pursue business and cinema. I, I kind of always wanted to pursue the entertainment industry. So I ended up at USC and I studied business administration, cinematic arts, and sports media industries. And I had an amazing time, and I just graduated this May, 2022. <laughs> uh, it went by so fast with COVID and everything, but it was such an amazing experience, and I was grateful for it. And what happened was I've always loved writing. My whole life I've loved writing. I'd take, taken advanced courses in writing in high school, and I always wanted to write a book. And last year, it was about April, and I came across this entrepreneurship professor at Georgetown, Eric Coaster, who has this amazing program where people who want to write books can just join. It's called the Creators Institute. And so I just gave him a ring, and we talked for an hour, and I told him about my life and how interested I'm, I'm in, uh, in movies and film and food, and he was super supportive so then I started writing and I chose the restaurant industry and I hit the ground running and did a lot of research and then I started doing interviews kind of like you and it just became bigger than I ever thought it would and I didn't know I would finish it and then I finished it 
last year, end of the year. And then this year, I connected with some forward writers. And even the religious dean at USC is featured in the forward and a few other chefs. So it, it became uh, a lot more significant than I thought it would become. But I'm I'm super grateful that it's it's finally out on Amazon. Okay. Uh you had basically three areas of study in school, mm -hmm. none of them revolving around food and the restaurant industry. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, we can all say we're interested in food, but how did you actually pick that subject to write a book about? That's such a great question. <laughs> so I, that is a great question. I, throughout my life, I realized that I was just doing a lot of reflecting as I do, and I realized that a lot of the significant moments in my life, a lot of the moments where I've had the most joy have been around a dinner table. And I just was thinking, wow, if I could capture that in some way, you know, sitting around a dinner table, how can I write stories about that? And then I just got to thinking all, all these amazing moments have happened at restaurants, you know, and what if I can capture how to open up a restaurant and I started thinking well it's such an interesting industry right now because of COVID and so many restaurants have had to close down and so kind of doing a deep dive into that industry would be so interesting and also very intriguing uh, in today's world when I started writing it kind of coming off the end of COVID and seeing so many restaurants closing and I wanted to interview owners. How did you get through it? How'd you succeed? Um, and so I, I just thought it was such an, an intriguing subject. And I was so passionate about it too, which really helped, you know, continue writing. Yeah, yeah. So once I started, I didn't, I didn't stop. It was just so fun. And so I kept going and it, wor it worked out. <laughs> All right. So you're the second uh, interviewee I've had in the last uh, three or four that um, went through this um, uh, this particular press, mm. um, uh, no, New Degree Press. Mm -hmm. Who hooked you up with them? Yeah, that was Eric, Eric Coaster, the Georgetown okay. professor, and that's connected to the Creator Institute, so that's how I was connected to okay. them. Okay, yeah. uh, it sounds like a great way to get a book published Yes. Uh, and not have to self-publish. Yes. I recommend it. I, I've recommended it to my, my friends. If you want to do a book, join this club because it's, it's an amazing opportunity and you get to be, be surrounded by other authors. So you, they push you, you push them, and you're all sort of in it together. So it's a really fun experience. Okay. When did you start writing the book? When did you actually get the idea for this specific book? Because mm -hmm. I have read it. Oh, uh, wow. It's I, I've I actually was in the corporate food service world for many decades. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and obviously, I mean, I would say most of us love to eat. So <laughs> I found it fascinating. What made you actually decide to go behind the scenes mm -hmm. and, and really delve into what's happened, how people are surviving, Mm -hmm. And and even you can kind of give us a little crystal ball uh, look at what you think is going to happen going forward. Yeah. So I knew if I was going to do this, I needed to go in depth. And 
what st- it started here actually my first interview was at the wine cellar restaurant sure which is a, a famous restaurant here has been around for a while and I went to school with the daughter at Archbishop Mitty and so it was an easy <laughs> in and I said I would love to interview your mom and she owns it and so it started there and that was a two-hour interview in their basement and I just learned everything she told me the whole story and I was like wow I this is so much content and if I did this with more owners I could you know I could cover everything from service to location to how you choose your staff to the food to the menu psychology all these different aspects that make a restaurant succeed and even do a full chapter on the pandemic which is which is what I did so it started there and then it it went to other restaurants and I kind of laid out the chapters a little bit uh, in the beginning but then after interviewing more chefs I it or it kind of organized itself to kind of go past present future and so it's kind of divided in that way in the book which is what I really like and uh, yeah I'm just excited so there's three parts Um, The first part is have a seat at my table, the history of the restaurant industry. Then the next part, um, let's eat keys to success. And then the final part is the future uh, shoot for the Milky Way. And basically, um, I study entrepreneurship. That was my emphasis at USC in the business school. And then I also had the opportunity to learn entrepreneurship from Stanford professors a few summers ago. So I had a lot of Uh, knowledge on entrepreneurship and so it's basically it's very it's a very entrepreneurial book kind of pushing people who are on the edge about being an entrepreneur and taking that leap of faith and opening up their their own concept pushing them to do that and kind of giving them the skill set or giving them uh, some ideas and what to keep in mind when when taking that leap and choosing to open up a restaurant, what they need to really focus on. Okay, well, side note, um, um, uh, my wife and I have a reservation at uh, <laughs> at the wine cellar in about two weeks with, with some friends. Nice. Uh, it's a very good restaurant. Mm-hmm. For, for anybody that's near Los Gatos, uh, you might want to give it a shot. Yes. Uh, and so... All right. So you came up with the concept. You came up with what the the uh, uh, the sections would be. Mm-hmm. When did you actually start writing that? I mean, you were still going mm-hmm. to school, weren't you? Yeah, I, that's the crazy thing. I was taking 21 units <laughs> a semester at USC because I love staying busy. It's just my whole life. That's kind of what I've loved doing. And so that's the thing is when I started, I started writing in April. And so April of what? 2021 okay so last year all right so I didn't have much time because they wanted me to finish by November so I had to do the whole ideation and writing within you know a very short time span maybe six seven months and so I began in April I actually worked on Wall Street during the summer so I wasn't I wasn't free I couldn't (laughs) just write all day so I'd write at night and I visited a lot of New York restaurants and kind of got more inspiration there but I'd write you know at night or on the weekends and it there was not a it wasn't a schedule for me it was just like when I felt passionate or when I you know something you know hit me I would just go on my computer and you know 
and I didn't tell a lot of people. It was just kind of a side project, a side uh-huh. book. And then when it finally finished, I announced it and people were like, wow, you've been doing this for that long. And, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. And so I finished I finished in the beginning of my senior year, which was last November. Uh-huh. And then that's sort of when I announced it and went on pre- pre-order. And I got a lot of pre-orders, $10,000 in pre-orders over just a month. And then it finally is on Amazon now, uh, went up on May, the, the month of my graduation. So it's been up for about a, two months now. Did you, did, did you get some editing help? I mean, yeah, they, and, and early readers, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit. So I shared it with some people who were close to me. Uh, I did have an editor at New Degree Press who was very helpful. Uh, and she would just tell me when I'd go off on tangents or <laughs> maybe, you know, swing this way instead of that way. So, yeah, she definitely helped me. And then I did have a, someone help me with the cover design, which I'm really proud of, uh, which is. Yeah. And it's inspired by Norman Rockwell, who's a who's a famous painter. And that's um, based on Freedom from Want, a very famous painting a lot of people call it the thanksgiving dinner painting but it's basically uh people around a table and so all these people are i have relationships with now who i've interviewed and talked to about their restaurants or their careers so it's really special to me um i guess i could go through it the the beginning on the right that's michael mina who's a celebrity chef then behind him is stephen colt who owns a California Italian restaurant on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles. Next to him is John Tizar, who's also a great chef. And then next to me, that's Tara Lane Brennan, who has a cookbook herself. And she um, she has a nonprofit. She owns a nonprofit, which is really cool, feeding people uh, homeless veterans, which is cool. And then Philip Camino is next to me on the left. He owns two restaurants in L.A., uh, a fellow which is now called uh, Wolf's Glen I think which is a modern American restaurant and then he owns Amari which is a really high-end sushi restaurant and then the last two guys that's Dean Sony the first ever uh, Hindu uh, Dean uh, of religious studies at an American university which is super cool uh, I've learned a lot from him and then next to him is David Belasco who's an entrepreneurship professor at USC so that's sort of the cover and i i obviously got it approved by all of them and of course and i sent it to them and they thought it was so cool <laughs> that it was inspired by that painting so yeah uh, it's very cool uh, why is why is uh, the guy in the middle looking straight ahead <laughs> <laughs> he asked the same thing so it was basically that was the best photo we could use for him uh, that just kind of fit fit the the portrait because it was yeah it was hard to fit him in there so that's great where, where did you get that very very <laughs> quiet looking uh, jacket yeah I, I like to kind of express myself in my clothing and that I got that at a I'm not really sure that what the the place was called but it was a, a place in LA that I just 
drove by and I, I think I saw that in the window and I was like, I need, I need to wear that. I really need that. So well, I bought it. You know, maybe being in LA is just the right place to have it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you to the city of Montessorino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. The city of Montessorino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. Okay, and we're back with Jack Rasmussen. Again, the author of Fine Dining and the Secrets Behind the Restaurant Industry. So let's get back to it. You've interviewed a, a whole bunch of, of chefs. Mm -hmm. How do you go about doing that? Do you just call on the phone? Do you have somebody help you? Uh, how, do you how, how do they even get on the phone? I would think that they, they don't even want to get on the phone with you. I, I, no offense. Yeah. What do, how did you get a hold of them? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It was it's really hard. Obviously, I started here, and so I knew I knew her daughter. So that's I went through her. The other chefs at these high end restaurants, it was very difficult, <laughs> and a lot of them I was very persistent, and it didn't end up working out. But basically, I would I would email them and email their PR team and say I I'm an author. I'm writing this book on fine dining. I would love to feature your chef. And a lot of them, uh, like like Funk, Evan Funk in uh, L.A. was just super busy. So he really wanted to do it, but he couldn't. Or, you know, a lot of these Michelin star chefs are just so busy because they work 24-7. And so it was very hard to get them on the phone even. But yeah. I did it a, a lot through family friends. I had friends in Chicago who were really nice and... Uh, they connected me to some chefs out there and in LA I, I knew a lot of people that helped me out and then so that was helpful connections helped me out a lot and then PR going through PR was difficult but that's that was the other way I did it yeah uh, okay so right here in your hometown we have a three-star Michelin chef mm. did you try to get a hold of David Kinch I actually didn't. No. no, you're kidding. I didn't. I wish I did. Ah. May, uh, maybe he'll he'll uh, join me for like an epilogue or something. Uh -huh. I don't know. But I would love to speak to him. I I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. one of those things. Right in my backyard. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have reached out to him though. And for those that don't know, because you know we're all used to five star ratings for mm -hmm. books and movies and all. A three-star restaurant mm. is the top yeah. mark that a restaurant can get, folks. So, mm -hmm. uh, right here in Los Gatos, and I'll, I'll tell you I'll just a, a real quickly. A number of years ago, I worked at a local bookstore, mm -hmm. uh, and we actually got David Kinch to come and like uh, sign cookbooks mm -hmm. that he had put out. Mm -hmm. And he had he had been a two-star chef for quite a while, and I said to him. How come you can't get a third a Michelin star? And he said, "If you find out, tell me." <laughs> and then, of course, after that, he actually did. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. yeah, I know people who work 
their whole lives just to get one. Yeah. So to get yeah. three is like, that's incredible. You yeah. have to be at the top, yeah. tip top, cream of the crop yep. for sure. But as you say, even a one star Michelin chef is a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, do you happen to know how many in the, in the Bay area that we have that are one, two or three? I don't. I don't but either. That's, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I need should. to research that, find that out because it's very what, rare. What about Michael Mina? Is he a, is he a Michelin star chef? He is. Chef? Yeah, he has a couple uh, in San Francisco and then in Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. and he's one of your your interviews. Yes, he's featured in the forward, which I'm very proud of, and he's on the cover right there on the left. He's an right. Egyptian chef. He's he was very hard to get a hold of, but Tara connected me to him because she's she's a restaurant supplier she supplies restaurants with food and yeah so she she's worked with him for a while so she introduced me to him so I, that was I was really grateful to have him be part of it yeah absolutely you know it's funny that that somebody like that just brings credibility mm-hmm. I mean it's autumn I, I I felt it mm-hmm. uh, now on the back you've got um three other chefs that have written little blurbs including carla hall mm-hmm. i mean my wife and i are huge top chef fans so yeah. you know we've seen carla a bunch mm-hmm. uh, how did you get these three so those were through linkedin actually um yeah i've been i've been on linkedin for a while now <laughs> and i connected with carla uh earlier this year and she uh was really helpful and wanted to read my book. Uh-huh. So she read the full thing and she loved it. And so she was like, yeah, I'd love to give you praise, Jack. So she did that. Wow. And the other people, same thing. Uh, Julian, same thing. And yeah, so I'm, I was, I didn't expect it, but they were just super kind. So uh, yeah, I, I appreciate, appreciate their time for sure. Yeah. Well, never mind that, you know, you've almost kind of like reached the pinnacle of literary success and you're 22. <laughs> I mean, the bar is pretty high <laughs> moving forward. I guess uh, so. Yeah, do you, and, and I want to go back to some of these other things, but do you have a sense of what kind of thing you want to do next? Or are you, mm. do you even thinking about yet another book? I am. So I, U.S. Congress awarded me a Fulbright scholarship to go to Taiwan. Uh, so I'm going to Taiwan actually in seven days, uh, August 7th. And so I'm flying out from SFO to Taiwan and I'll be there for a year teaching English. So I've been thinking about a lot of things that I kind of want to do. And I definitely want to write, probably write another book while I'm there. I'm not sure exactly what it'll be on Taiwan actually is known for its food, which is which is interesting. So maybe it'll be another food book or maybe something else, but I would love to write another book uh, in the next year. And then I'm also pursuing acting as well. Really? It's, it's something I've always uh, been interested in, just film in general, and that's kind of what attracted me to USC. So I have a talent agent now, and I've I've been doing small things. I was on Wheel of Fortune, and no kidding. And uh, I've been doing a little, uh, some other small things. I did a documentary for my book, so I'm just sort of dipping my toes into that world right now. And wow. I, I would love to do it more for sure. Yeah. And you didn't do any theater stuff in high school. No, which is which <laughs> would probably it would probably have helped me at this point, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
in your rest in your restaurant in your book <laughs> you talk about pop-up restaurants mm-hmm. can you tell us what those are yeah so pop-up restaurants it's often an owner of a established restaurant that is that wants to deliver food in a unique way so they'll do a temporary space sometimes it's a food truck sometimes it's just a temporary building that they uh, go in for a short period of time and serve food sometimes it's a unique menu or new food that they want to introduce and kind of experiment with Uh uh-huh so um it's a great way to see kind of test the waters if you want to test a new menu or if you're struggling and you want to go to a different area but you're not sure if you want to open a full restaurant you op- you can open a pop-up and see how it does yeah 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 and then yeah so that's actually gaining a lot of uh popularity definitely and short-term leases obviously exactly yeah <laughs> it's very hard in the bay area to to pay for rent yeah so, yeah yeah short or long <laughs> yeah uh okay you talk a lot about the farm to table trend mm-hmm. uh and i I feel like we can lay claim to that in the Bay Area, but but talk about that a little bit and mm-hmm. how it came to be, where it came to be, mm-hmm. and, and how popular it is now nationwide. Yeah, so there's three chefs. It started in California, our state, and there's three chefs who basically trailblazed the path. Wolfgang Puck, who is one of the most famous chefs in the world sure. now. He does the Oscars. He does... You know he's done major events and he started he was one of the the big people who started it um alice waters as well who's uh a little north of us uh and she she i think she was the first who decided to open up a restaurant and just exclusively serve produce around her and it was the she was it was kind of the first ever that never had been done before yeah, and a lot yeah. of people were like that's so interesting why is she doing that and it was perfect in this state because everything just grows so naturally we have um, vegetables fruits avocados all these different things and so uh it was a hit and obviously the food was so fresh it tasted like nothing else no processed ingredients yeah and yeah when people started seeing that she would change she would also change her menu for each season based on you know what could be grown and it was super successful and people it caught on and so it grew and jeremiah tower is also another big name he trained with alice didn't he yeah 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 so he trained with her and then he broke off and opened up his own restaurant and created his own brand but those three sort of were the trailblazers in California and now everyone's doing it. Farmers markets are all over the state every Sunday and it's just a big deal now where restaurants are connecting with local farmers and they they want fresh ingredients, which is amazing. Is it nationwide or do you feel it's it's only in certain pockets of the of the nation? I think it's definitely certain pockets, um, but it's definitely growing. I think it, it's you could pretty much find farm to table in every state at this point. I okay. Think. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, Alice Waters restaurant is Chez Panisse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, let's just say that it's a pretty easy three Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And she, I, I mean, I, I, I hear her, 
I hear her as the pioneer even mm-hmm. more so than uh, mm-hmm. than the other two. Yeah, uh, but uh, but obviously the other two caught on pretty quickly. Definitely, they learn from her. But she, yeah, she's the mother of the movement for sure. All right, you talk up in your book about a about nine concepts to mm. starting a business. That's not that's not restricted to to restaurants, is it? Uh, do you want, can you talk about that a little bit and how you yeah. came up with your? I mean, you do have a business background also, and yeah, you said yeah. you're. You know, you've got a lot of entrepreneurial, uh, you know, background. <laughs> yeah. So how did that come up? Yeah. So the end of my book is more broad to focus on all types of entrepreneurship. So it's just about pushing people to follow their dreams and open up their own businesses. And I specifically reference Steve Blank, who was my mentor when I studied at Stanford. He created this uh, business model canvas which basically helps you succeed uh, in your startup. So I basically just talk about the nine different aspects that you need to uh, have a successful startup you need to focus on. And so I probably won't name all nine. So it's quite all right. But it's, yeah, so basically you're focusing on revenues, on service, hiring the right people, um, your avenues, distribution channels, uh, there's there's just several different aspects and so you have to touch on each one in order for the startup to be successful in order to reach product market fit which is the only way to to keep your business going and to keep that momentum going and the restaurant industry as as you know is very hard to succeed in most restaurants uh, fail and they have to close and so many closed during the pandemic which was yeah. super unfortunate yeah. but that's that's what you need you need to kind of touch on all these different aspects because if one goes then uh it's a tricky situation so well i had a corporate food service company that my father started in 1961 Mm -hmm. that i had to close down in january of 2021 because nobody's in the buildings Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't feed employees if they're at home right so i felt it from that standpoint so i i have a sense of what it felt like for the restaurants i mean obviously a lot of restaurants you know created a nice Mm -hmm. takeout and curb situation Mm -hmm. along with the grocery stores (laughs) Uh, and i know some of them uh, probably survived because of that Mm -hmm. but i'm sure it was very difficult to, to 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 do that and mm-hmm. you know now what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of problems with distribution mm-hmm. uh, do, do you have a sense of, of how that's affecting restaurants yeah yeah it's uh, really really hard but I think what's big now is DoorDash Uber Eats and all these incredible companies that are kind of coming into the world and now are global that are delivering food directly from restaurants to people in their houses yeah and that was that wasn't always around it was just these past few years yeah yeah and that actually helped really helped a lot of restaurants during the pandemic who don't have delivery drivers which most restaurants don't they they didn't yeah they don't hire those people so that really really helped so people didn't have to leave their houses to order from their favorite restaurants there would be drivers who could who could do contactless delivery. So I think that that definitely helped. And I think we'll see that, I guess, just continue to increase with, 
you know, DoorDash is growing and, and other companies like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, right now you're you're on a very, very popular interview show. <laughs> but let's assume that there are others more popular. Uh, have you gotten any kind of, of additional opportunities to interview to go to to do some uh interviews on with tv shows and that or tv stations that sort of thing um i've done a few podcasts um with chris voss and other business people i have yet to do major television okay so yeah i mean i'm open to the opportunity for sure uh, but I'm leaving <laughs> in seven days, so it it have to be soon. Or you know, I, I'm always here. So I, I'm only 21. I turned 22 this month, so I, I'll be back in a year. And if if they want to have me on, then I'll be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, I certainly understand that. Uh, by the way, it's only five days since you leave. Today's the second. Oh wow. Okay, I need to stay on top of that. Yeah, exactly. time flies. Yeah. Okay, the only thing I'm going to leave you with uh, before we shut down is I have to actually modify my um, uh, clothes being twice as old as you. I have clothes actually three times as old as you, but <laughs> that's enough for that. Uh, all right, well, listen, uh, this has been great. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm glad I got your book. I'm glad I read it. Mm -hmm. uh, and thank you for that. And I really appreciate you coming on, especially since you're not going to be here for long. Yeah, thank you, Lloyd. I, I appreciate you having me. It was a pleasure. Good. Thank you. All right. Okay, everybody, that uh, does it for us here. We're closing the book on today's podcast, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio.